What is going on, everybody? My name is Gabe. I'm Matt. And this is the Tentacle Bot Podcast, uh, where we're going to be rating a new album today. Matt, why don't you tell us about what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So today we're actually talking about the band called Victims. Um, And for those of you who may be uh, wanting to know how exactly to search that, um, is it's actually just in all capitals, V-C-T-M-S. So honestly, just without any vowels. And it's their new record titled Volume 4, Numb the Ache, which was self-released on July 9th of 2021, which I believe makes that the first self-released record we have reviewed on the podcast here. I believe so. Happy 20 episodes to us. I guess. Hey, let's go. <laughs> um, and then, so who is Victims? Well, Victims is comprised of John Madalone on vocals. We have Meredith Henderson on vocals and drums. And then we also have Ryan Walter on guitar. Um, so it's a really small, compact group. Um, again, they are uh, kind of a DIY group. Um, let's just dig into this, man. Gabe, what are your first impressions? So this album hits really hard in a lot of places. Um, you can absolutely feel the influences from bands like Spite and Sworn In. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, also like the second song features Darius from Spite. So that's kind of just like, hey, there, there, there's no hiding this yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, it's like a, very much like Nickelback signing Theory of a Dead Man when they sound identical. Right. Um, the band also incorporates a lot of trap elements, which nah, and some spooky gothic vibes. Uh, the album started off like getting me excited, but the more I listened to it, the honestly, the more I just became bored with it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. How about you? What did you feel about it? So I'm pretty sure this might be the angriest record that we have had on the podcast. Without a doubt. It's, I mean, it's just pretty close to out the gate is you're just kind of like, okay, this is like somebody's angry about something. And then pretty much by song two is you're pretty much getting punched in the face. Like there's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Um, I also really liked the twist that it had and you kind of alluded to it and I did, I tried to, I wanted to try not to spoil it, but, um, <laughs> since, since Gabe already, you know, spoiler alerted, um, the, uh, the almost like R and B kind of vibes that they had in a couple of songs is it came so much out of left field. I'm like, wait, is this the same record? And typically I listen to my music off Amazon Music and or at least stream off of that. So I'm sitting there listening to the music and all this, is, and I'm like, okay, this is heavy, this is heavy. And then oh, like a snap and I'm like, did I somehow get put to like the wrong channel? What's happening? <laughs> um, no, it's, it's the same record. Um, and we'll just, I mean, we're kind of bundling the first impressions with the musical review. This record is just heavy. Um, The band on their website and just kind of in the about section of them is it says that they're a metalcore band, which I felt like they were more of a hardcore than metalcore. Like there were metalcore elements, but it was definitely a little bit more on the hardcore side, at least from what I could kind of pick up from them. Now we're going to get canceled by hardcore people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry. Way to go, Matt. Uh, yeah. Honestly, at this point, it's just my fault that we're getting canceled for anything. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's just <laughs> if you're a core fan in general, usually you're going to be on like on one side or the other. So if we call the metalcore, the hardcore fans will like it. If we call it hardcore, the metalcore fans will like it. And the other ones will respectively hate it. So, yeah, yeah th- th- there, there's no questioning that this album is stupid heavy. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for me, it never really progresses much further than that. Like for the songs that reside in the heavy it just uses your normal passing dissonance to show how heavy it is and yeah. how dark it is. And it's nothing new. Um, John's vocal range is something to be noted. Uh, he has a lot of very 
different techniques that he uses throughout the entire record, mm-hmm. which I think is is neat and something that uh, ly- uh, vocalists should be doing more. Right. Uh, but outside of that, like it isn't anything out of the ordinary. The the songs that do reside in the heavy, they're just they kind of all blend together. They don't defer a lot, and they stay in the same relative key i guess would be the best way to put it and there there is a lot of truth to that um especially in the the very heavy songs and even if you go into um and we'll kind of i almost want to look in this record in two different kind of realms um so i'll kind of kind of keep over on the the kind of heavy side of it and then the second realm being the more like r&b kind of tracks and they've got a couple of them that are very much focused in that um, R&B trap-esque um, style mm-hmm, absolutely. is really each of them kind of stay in their own lane very much. Um, I know kind of as I was digging into the the songs a little bit more, um, I'll be completely honest, I really don't know what my favorite songs on this one are. Like there's pretty much one of the, the really, really slow songs and then one of the heavy songs. And then it's just like everything else is just kind of it's really hard to pick one over the other. Mm-hmm. I kind of look at this record in a way similar to the At The Gates record, which we had just done last week. Um, definitely go listen to that if you haven't listened to it already, but make sure it's after this episode. Um, but, like, and it's... As you listen to the record, is consistently, it's a good record. The songs are mostly are captivating <laughs> enough and I'll and I'll point out the songs that kind of were a little bit harder for me to really like want to keep listening to um but we you go and you actually listen to these songs and they're good they're good they're consistent okay it's the same sound it's still heavy it's still got the dissonance like you said but it just doesn't have something that just screams out and says this is this song like if you if you jump me into a random section of this record i might be able to pick out where we're at yeah definitely um, and it, again that's just it it keeps like i said with the at the gates is it's consistent and it's consistent consistently good um however consistently good doesn't always mean overly appealing um Mm -hmm. so choruses aren't really catchy they're just kind of in your face it literally feels like you're just getting a punch in the face that's that's pretty much it yeah and the uh, the part there that you said that it's consistently good but not necessarily appealing i feel like that really emanates my feeling for this record Mm -hmm. like individually the songs themselves are going to be fine right there's not really a lot wrong with them by any means but just overall as a record it's not a very appealing record for me that's fine i just found myself getting bored with it okay um, so i and i feel like that's probably a good uh point to jump into the lyrical impressions um half of this record for me reading these lyrics is really angry mm-hmm. and the other half is extremely depressing. <laughs> it's, it, so the um, and I really made a made a note about the more the I kind of made a note on both sides, but um, really I just have to give an explicit content warning on this one because there. So if you're kind of not a big fan of uh, bands that have a lot of swearing in it, um, this is definitely not the record for you. Um, but this also is a really dark record. Um, a couple of the songs I really. Um, I, I made a note of here is pull from the herd as well as carve. 
Um, and they're mm-hmm. very, very upfront about suicide. Um, and that that is a theme that recurs a lot here in this record, and just a lot of depression and just again anger. And it's um, made very apparent very quickly how again how much how angry this record is. Yeah, definitely. Like it's very self-deprecating. It's very suicidal, and it feels very similar, honestly, to stuff that I wrote when I was angry and depressed when I was 17, 18, mm-hmm. 19. Like. I saw a lot of myself in this record in, in, in the lyrical content, which was interesting to see. Yeah. And they're still a fairly newer band, so I feel like I'm a little bit older than them at this point. I could be wrong, but... Yeah, because I believe, if I remember correctly, um, as I had seen... And I, I wish I could remember the website. Um, it was... I believe they were formed in 2013. Correct. Um, but with the actual victims website in their about section where I had pulled um, the information that they were self-published, or at least they were the ones that were releasing their material themselves, um, as it really didn't give a lot of, like founded in this Mm-mm. year um so uh but yeah 2013 so we're you and i are probably both a little bit older if not around the same age as these members yeah so like i i get like kind of where they are and or where they have been in life because mm-hmm. it's still something a fairly recent memory for me unfortunately yeah and it's still things that i have to deal with to this day so uh yeah Awesome, depressing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we jump into the track by track, uh, could do want to break down the album art. So the with the album art here, the band's name is on the left side uh, in a vertical formation. Uh, volume four is in the upper left corner, or excuse me, upper right corner, and then the uh, title "Numb the Ache" is on the right side, also in a vertical formation. And then it has a skull with a rose growing out of it, done in a very kind of like sketch-like art style. Um, how did you feel about this, Matt? Honestly, I think so. If you look at the individual pieces of the skull and the rose, is the skull very much signifies some sort of death, like death in some capacity? Um, and you again, that's something that's really kind of te- in a way teased throughout the entirety of the record, um, especially with uh, suicide reference so much. Um, and then the rose is typically looked at as. Um, something kind of a beautiful thing, but something that will hurt you back, um, kind of if you're if it's mistreated be, again because it's got thorns on the side of it. So I think it, it's kind of a there there it's supposed to show some sort of like a beauty, um, but there's not really that much beauty in this record. No, no, not at all. It, um, it's, it, it's just dark, man. Yeah, th- this one gave me um very much. Uh, the album cover for Nothing is Beautiful by Spite. Mm-hmm. It honestly feels like it's almost a remake of that. So like with this one here, the rose is on a stem growing yep. out of the skull. Uh, the album cover for Nothing is Beautiful, it's a skull with roses in its mouth and roses in the eyes. So okay. like it, it's, but like the art style is similar. That that was more the victims is more of a sketch style where spite was more of like a stippled style. Right. Um, but it was a very similar art, and I just feel like it was a little too close. Uh, in terms just in, just because Spike clearly is so much of an influence on these yeah. guys. Yeah, and I, I could definitely hear that in, in the sound, even though I've only... I've had a pretty minimal exposure to Spider, at least listened to them in my free time. I'm um, a really big fan of Spite, so... I, yeah, <laughs> and, and I think you were actually the person who were like listen to spite and i'm like like, yo you need to get on this and then he's (laughs) like no i don't like this and i'm like no you wrong (laughs) yep and then honestly another one and you actually reference is sworn in Mm -hmm. um is i definitely got a lot of those vibes here in the in the sound as well yeah and i'll be i'll be making 
uh, a little bit more discussion on those a little bit later here in the record as well. But let's go ahead and jump into the track by track and starting off the what doesn't kill you, Matt. Tell me your thoughts on this one. This is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so the the siren going off in the background is completely insane. It's it, you really start to feel that unease, um, mm-hmm. kind of similar to the uh, <laughs> Bear Tooth record we uh, reviewed. <laughs> yeah, um, this album one hundred percent is like an anxiety attack. Oh, it, it is, and it's consistent all the way through i think there are only a couple songs or at least a couple of points where you kind of like oh, i can breathe mm-hmm. but it's not much they're all um, at the end yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like we really quickly hear that this is going to be an aggressive record you get the the sirens and this chaos in the beginning you're like I don't feel great about this, but we're we're in for the ride and you're honestly you're in for a roller coaster and instrumentals back up the aggression that the vocals bring in. Yeah, it's it's heavy, it's angry, it's desperate. It sets the tone for the album mm-hmm. and it's lyrically it's straightforward. The hurt is easy to recognize before it flows straight into carefully engaged. Mhm. And Carefully Encaged uh, does feature Darius Tirani, um, and I apologize if you, I mispronounced your last name, uh, of Spite. and Spite Cult! <laughs> <laughs> th- this song really sets up a better idea of what to expect with the record sound-wise. Um, again, this is, this is where we start to really see that it's got a, a much more hardcore sound. Um, and again, kind of quoting the, the band's about page where they're stating that they're metalcore. I may have missed something that was kind of put showing that they're more of a metalcore group, but I was definitely getting a lot more of like at least the newer hardcore vibes. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, just to, to settle the, the genre de- debate here, just because genre debating is genre is fluid. We're not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would really put them more in like the beat down hardcore kind of stuff. So like, it's yeah. not really true hardcore. Like a lot of uh, hardcore fans are, are, are going to be looking for, right. but um, it's still kind of like a branch off of metalcore. So things like traitors or enterprise earth or that kind of stuff where, okay. it, where it's just straight beat down. So it's, it's heavy. It hits hard. And um, uh, I feel like Spite would be kind of considered in that as okay. well, even though they kind of branch a little bit more into deathcore and stuff like that. But yeah, um, and that the, the the deathcore aspect of Spite is a very very clear thing. Yeah, and, and so I, I would say the the beatdown hardcore would be the the safest genre for us to go ahead and group them in here. Not okay, that it really matters, but uh, just to kind of give a, a gener- generic idea. Yeah, for folks. no, and and that makes sense. And uh, there may be re- I may kind of point you know kind of keep referencing the hardcore piece, uh, but please do know that we are kind of referencing them as the beat down hardcore um it's just beat down hardcore is a lot of words to throw out at once so i might just shorten it and just say hardcore just to make my life a little bit easier um but back to the song specifically it's heavy i like it um the section where darius comes in is just absolutely disgusting it's in kind of uh, it it's almost as if suddenly the song goes from this beat down hardcore sound to just deathcore yep. and it's just it's brutal it's just absolutely brutal yeah so i i, I lo- like as i mentioned earlier i really like spite a lot mm-hmm. um darius made this my favorite song for sure yeah and I, I think this might have to be my favorite of the heavy songs um and honestly probably might actually be the second most memorable song off of the record for mm-hmm. me. Um, it like I said, it's just disgusting. It's yeah. heavy, and you're again, it, it's you're just getting punched in the face. Yeah, the chorus riff is super groovy, mm-hmm. and like I'm, I'm really about it. Yeah, sure. 
Uh, next up, we have Hell is Other People. Um, Gabe, I talked a lot with the last one. Uh, why don't you kick this song off for us? This one is just kind of generic heavy on the album. It's mm-hmm. definitely a pit opener. It hits hard, but lyrically, like it's just it's angry for angry's sake and doesn't really feel like it's memorable. Right. I'll headbang to it, but I, like I wouldn't go actively searching for this song. Okay. Um, so this is a deathcore song. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just airing more on the hardcore influence of the de- deathcore mm-hmm. style. Um, so for those of you who may not be aware, um, deathcore is a combination of death metal as well as hardcore. Um, so again, this this very much feels like a deathcore song, but they're just leaning it into the hardcore piece more. Um, it's it, it's just heavy, and honestly, I I think I need an adult. Like it it's, <laughs> it was it was gnarly. Yeah, like I said, th- th- this is gonna be one where you. You break a wrist in a pit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You might get punched in the face as well, but like, you just prepare yourself for it. You're yeah, in for exactly. a bad time. Like, you're you're going to get hurt, but at the end of it, you're not going to know what song it was. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we do have the song Carve featuring Jake Wolf of Reflections. Dog, this song's dark. Yo, yeah, this song is super dark. So, like, lyrically, it's about finding someone who committed suicide or some form of self harm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it is just an anxiety ridden, panic filled song. Yeah, it, it's fortunately it's not generic like the the song before and like this one like genuinely paints a picture like they happen upon somebody and this is like what went through their head and how they felt, and it, it just this one hit a little different. For they, sure, I and I, I remember very vividly reading the lyrics to this, and I think it was like I had just happened to pull up all the lyrics before the song had actually started, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" The, yeah, this straight up script skipped the bro dog. You okay? Yeah. To uh, I'm calling the the therapist for you. Yeah. No, <laughs> like like I've got I've got a therapist appointment set up for you tomorrow at eight o'clock. Like, be there, please. Yeah. Um, it, so and it feels like in a way that the song is very and i don't know if john is the lyricist for the band but it feels like whoever the lyricist is is they're trying to get something off their chest and especially after a a traumatic event where they they and we're we're speaking with the hypothetical situation because I, i have no idea if this is actually something that they the the lyricist had actually seen um but if they indeed had found somebody who had committed suicide uh, just there and then this is them kind of trying to vent it out i could not imagine what what they're they're trying to just get off their chest not at all there's a lot here it it feels like as somebody who has not had to uh, deal with that unfortunate situation Mm -hmm. it feels like it accurately reflect reflects how they would feel yeah but at the same time like that's still it's an outlet. It's mm-hmm. not a way of getting rid of it or dealing with it. That, that, yeah. That's some, unfortunately something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. And like I said, I feel like the song is a good outlet for it. Yeah. And if that's the case where they did happen upon it, I feel like they did a really good job mm-hmm. um, with, with communicating that. But yeah, it's, this one's not for the faint of heart, it's, which, it's which is not. weird to say for a song. That's not something I, I really run across a lot mm-hmm. um, outside of just really bad like rap albums and stuff like that and rap songs where they just are tr- trash and it's it's really hard to yeah. sit through them. But th- this one's hard to sit through for a whole plethora of other reasons. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, to kind of go on a, a little bit of a lighter note, dude, the bleh in there is just... <laughs> 
2013 came oh, back to it's me. A spicy 2013 time. year of the bleh. <laughs> um, next up, we do have pull from the hurt. That opening riff, super, mm-hmm. super gross. So this one again is just super dark. So like while the other one was talking, while Card was talking about from the point of view of something happening upon somebody who has committed suicide, this mm-hmm. one's just straight up like suicidal thoughts. Yep. And th- this is this feels like somebody wrote down their suicidal thoughts. They wrote down their suicide note and then changed it into a song. Yeah. Because th- th- this one again is just anxiety it's panic filled it, it, john's vocals are just at the peak on this song for certain yeah he, he showcases like eight different styles of vocal capability with his screams which is just a solid example of his talent yeah but at the cost of having to deal with these lyrics like yeah. it's it's really rough and and as somebody who has had those uh those same thoughts and those same issues before it was a, a, another thing it was hard to read yeah no and that 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 was one where um and i made made a a note here the thing with this song too is it's heavy not only in sound but also in what the lyrical content is regarding and it the the way that they had placed these two songs here on the record i feel like was a really smart way Mm -hmm. of doing it where they were able to put these two very really just suicidal songs together and just so that way and kind of going back to the at the gates episode is because they have they have the ability to publish this themselves they can put this in whatever order they want and i i wonder if carve and pull from the hurt being back to back was an intentional move by them or it was just happenstance i'm actually kind of curious of that myself i would lean more towards it was an intentional move Mm -hmm. um saying as they were Mm self-released like i I don't feel like this is something that was a mistake at all yeah no, and I, I don't think that anything on this record, j- just to kind of put this out of the way, that I don't think anything on this record was done unintentionally. Right. Yeah. And and because it is self-published, is that's the way I was kind of leaning as well. But um, if for whatever reason that the the band may have just like compl- kind of almost missed it, kind of thing, and then they're just like, oh, this actually ends up working out. So like I, you know, again, because mm-hmm. we don't know behind the closed doors. The cool thing I really thought though is at the beginning when the drums come in, is it was almost a new metal-esque throwdown kind of sound and i was just like okay i feel like we've got a little bit of like you know slipknots type stuff going (laughs) on i was like this is actually really rad right on uh next we move into the song anger set matt how you feeling on this one this song uh, opening up sounds a lot more like a metalcore song, and then it's just basically a hardcore or a you know a beatdown hardcore vocalist on top of a metalcore sound. It it on paper it feels like it shouldn't work, but it ends up working out really nicely for the band. Um, song was pretty all right. Yeah, so this song just gave off really strong sworn in vibes for me. Yep. Um, well, realistically, the entire album does, but it's magnified here a lot. Yeah. Um, John's vocal delivery and the consistently inconsistent tempo changes and dissonance coupled with the guitar noises slash harmonics and the self-hate in the song, like, it really was like, j- just a, a sworn in song. Like, mm-hmm. and obviously... Nah, uh, <laughs> um, the w- with this song it leads uh, into the first big shakeup on the album, which is going to be the song "Intoxication." Uh, Matt, I know that you have some thoughts on this one. I the, of the softer material or the more R and B slash trap slash pop stuff. This is my favorite one. It's really catchy. Meredith, you you see her. She she takes over vocals entirely throughout this song. 
Um, and I'm really jazzed about it. And again, the, and the first listen is I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, this is heavy. This is heavy. What is going on? Mm-hmm. And what happened is after this, because it felt like it was just so out of left field, and this isn't the only song that this, these elements are brought into, is I actually listen to their older material. This is not something that they have... This, this is not something new. They have done this before. Okay. Um, volume three, I might have gotten through about half of the record. Um, and there, the, these elements were uh, sprinkled through a lot more, I felt like. Um, I think they kind of condensed it into a couple of, a couple of parts. Um, I really like this song. It's, it's a, just a real yeah, kind of just nice groove. And it, it, honestly, it's catchy. So I like the song from a thematic standpoint on the album, mm-hmm. listening to the album front to back and listening to the story that the album tells. I like it in that aspect. Mm-hmm. I don't like it in aspect of just a song that I would go and listen to. It's That's not fair. particularly my cup of tea. Um, but like I said, I, I respect it and I appreciate appreciate how it stands in the album as it as it currently sits and same thing with numb the ache which is going to be the other one similar to this yeah so and i actually um just kind of go off on a tangent just be and you and i have talked about this a little bit personally but i kind of want to uh kind of listen to it again your pop listening what how would you kind of like how much pop do you listen to or at least um you know stuff in that kind of realm i don't listen to a lot of it um the closest thing that i would really get to would be like pop punk okay um both like the early 2000s style pop punk, like Blink-182, right. uh, Alkaline Trio, that kind of stuff. But then also like the newer stuff. So Story So Far, mm-hmm. uh, Real Friends, both old and new. Right. And, uh, it, and things of that nature. It's never been something that I've been a really huge fan of outside of Kesha. I'm okay. a huge Kesha fan um, due to reasons with the past work situation that forced me to listen to Kesha for eight hours on end every month. And it turned <laughs> me from a Kesha hater into a Kesha lover. And that's really all we need to know about that. That's <laughs> on it. Okay. And so, okay. So your, your pop kind of not even introduction, but just listening is a lot less than mine. Yeah. So like most of the time I hear the hits, um, yeah. I, I recognize what's happening in pop trends right? and, and kind of hearing things from that angle, but I don't go out of my way to actively listen to it because it's not something that brings me enjoyment. Okay. And that that's completely understood. So it's, and I, I wonder if that might be part, you know, just kind of get a, a little bit of additional kind of trying to understand kind of your thoughts on intoxication, but because it is definitely something you're not old, like actively mm-hmm. going into. So, um, like I said, just wanted to go off on that yeah, tangent, of pick course. your brain a little bit. Um, next up, we do have the song Hostage. Hit me with it. This is a sworn in song. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on my first listen to you, like this song honestly felt like this is the first one that really jumped out to me that it was a sworn Mm -hmm. in song. And then like the rest of the album kind of began showing those same elements and and continuing on. Right. Um, John honestly sounds just like Tyler Denon did on the death card album. And the front half of the song feels like it would have just been on the back half of the deck, the death card, both musically and lyrically. Mm -hmm. And, um, and to kind of give a little bit of background on that, the death card is one of my favorite albums. Uh, I, th- I think I know exactly which record that is, and it's one of the ones you're like, listen to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, so buddy. It, it, it was their album, I believe they released it in 2013, which mm-hmm. consequently just happens to coincide with their... That. Yeah, it just happens to coincide with... Uh, it might have been 2011. No, I can't even remember. I'm, I'm, pretty sure I'm looking that up right okay, now. Okay, cool. <laughs> but um, it, 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 so it's, it's been one of my favorite albums for years. Uh, 
it's a concept album and what it basically is is the concept of a man slowly descending into darkness and so or slowly descending into madness mm-hmm. so it's just the state of his mind as he goes through those phases until he finally just reaches complete hopelessness mm-hmm. and that album i feel like exemplifies that in the most perfect way possible right this song feels like a song that would have been off of that okay um and then to confirm yes it was 2013 that it was, was released right. so well done sir yeah, so uh, it's just a song filled with self-loathing and personal pain. It just it hits different. <laughs> um, this one also showcases a trap beat in the middle of the song before the breakdown, and then mm-hmm. John just hits some stupid, disgusting lows that I am here for. Yeah, this this is where we, I I think John really start you like you really start to hear John like we're we're kind of pulling we're pulling the limiters off we're going for mm-hmm. it kind of thing um the opening before the the riff where we start to um actually get the riffage it almost sounds like something that would be in a horror film um and i like how this song is a slow but really heavy sound mm-hmm. and it's almost sludgy um so it's just that and it like you you listen to it and it, it's again that kind of dirty feeling, but it's not so much the song itself, but it's the the instrumentals because of how sludgy they are. Is it feels you're like you're just walking through just disgustingness and like unfortunately the thing with this it's not my favorite song on the record, but it's definitely a song I wouldn't skip. Um, it, but and the nice thing about it is even though it's a very sludgy sound. The tone still stays clean. Yeah, this one falls in top three for me. Okay. For sure. Um, Next up, we have Stab Twist. Matt, how are you feeling on this one? Bro, we're back in the faster tempo. We're not (laughs) playing around. Um, So we continue to hear the aggression that we've seen really throughout the entirety of the record. Um, This is a song I can definitely see people losing their minds to. It shows the breakdown in this Mm -hmm. one, I think, might be the heaviest one on this record. Stupid good. It was spicy. Yeah, it's just, it's another song about angry and being anger. Yeah. I chose my words very carefully there. (laughs) (laughs) I just put two and two together. Yeah, like, Gabe, I hate you. I know. I hate me too, man. Uh, yeah, this one it just it it's in the same vein as Hell's Other People. Um, mm-hmm. It it's angry for anger's sake, but yep. it doesn't really do much for me personally. So okay, it, like you said, it's it's a heavy it's a heavy song. It's definitely a pit opener, mm-hmm. and the breakdown was super dope. But other than that, like it doesn't really offer much for me. Yeah, and I, I didn't make a, a lot of I did, didn't make any other notes other than what I had said um, on that one. So we'll jump right into the next one. Is miserable in mourning. Um, we start slow for a bit. But the band's not really gonna let you think you actually have a break yet. Um, they kind of just let's go, and I'm like, okay, cool. This is not at all what I expected. I'm gonna read you verbatim my notes here. Oh no. See stab twist. See hell as other people. Self-deprecating, depressive, angry, and then it's over. Good enough. Um, <laughs> so, so my sentence that I just provided a second ago, um, and then the other part of my notes. Are you ready? I'm so ready. This is a definite headbanger song, but not a lot to say outside of that. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page yep. here. <laughs> Next up, we have New Face, Same Loneliness. Um, and here's another song where we get that R&B pop style. And, dude, I'm I'm in with it. So, like, this one here is where the album 
shifts completely. Mm-hmm. So it, it is no longer the same album that we had in the first 10 songs. Right. It's just a neck-breaking whiplash. We go to this softer, like soulful, soulful song that's more lamenting, similar to like what Darko did with Donna. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a significant featuring of John's clean singing, which we hadn't seen at all before. Yeah. That, that I noticed, um, which was honestly really good yeah in, in, I was in all really parts of the song by that. in in more of the middle of the song we return to his screams but overall the song has like a really sorrowful feel to it mm-hmm. and is really good it's a nice change of pace from the first 10 tracks lyrically it follows the same tropes dealing with hopelessness self-deprecation pain hurting mm-hmm. but overall like i actually really like the song it, it yeah. was a really interesting change of pace from what they had done previously. Yeah. And it's, it, again, it's a very nice kind of breaking point um, to kind of allow us, okay, this is actually allowing us a chance to breathe from really the anxiety attack of a mm-hmm. record that we have been listening to. Um, it's basically what Issues was trying to do, but actually good. Um, and this is also coming from a person who was a big fan of the first EP and then the first record by, of the band. So it's got the, like, again, the, the soulful aspect, the R&B poppy, clean vocals that John was bringing in along with kind of that backing and then coming into the heavy stuff. Uh, but I think what this, what these guys do in that song where... Um, issues really didn't is they didn't go so hard into the beatdown side where issues was a little bit more of that like mainstream metal core that you would have seen a little bit more in um, bands like asking Alexandria or of mice and men. Um, but this is what I feel like issues should have been um, and what they could have been. But unfortunately that just all fell apart and, we're not going to talk about that. That's the conversation I don't know that I even want to have. Just to kind of fall on this tangent real quick, as somebody who is not an Issues fan, what they should and shouldn't have been, what they should have been is just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> somebody should have stopped them so hard before they continued, and somebody didn't. Somebody said, you can do anything, kid, and they did, unfortunately. Yeah, anyway. They did, they did anything <laughs> for three records, and I don't think they're making any more because uh, there's some stuff going on with Tyler Carter, and that's a conversation, again, I don't know that I want to get into. Because, Fair enough. Yeah. So instead of having that conversation, we'll go ahead and ha- jump into the conversation about the title track of the album, Numb the Ache. Matt, what are your thoughts on this one? It's all Meredith, and mm-hmm. it's spooky time. Uh, yeah, so th- this song was so different, again... Which, fine, but like you're giving me like four different styles on this album. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird. It, and so, and the note I made here, and especially because like you just look at this against intoxication. Again, we have this R and B trap pop style that we had seen before and have seen dabbled kind of throughout. This one just feels like they're really trying to just be spooky. It's mm-hmm. just eerie and it just it's it's almost as if there's a, a a harder weight that's being put onto your shoulders with this one that we hadn't seen before in the record at least in this parts of it. Um I really like these portions and I like how they're able to kind of jump around with um kind of playing around with these different ideas. So the little bit more on the the poppier side of it where that we had seen over in Intoxication and then this one where um 
it almost reminds me in a way, um, if you're familiar with Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. is how it's just that it's still very poppy, but it's just dark mm-hmm. It's slow. Like that's real a really big vibe on this this song is what I got. Yeah, so with this one here, the, the song basically is outlining the drummer slash vocalist, vocalist Meredith's struggle with a, a disorder called cystic fibrosis and how it affects her, which it's a, it is, it's a disorder that attacks the lungs and the digestive system. Um, and the lyrics towards the end of the song really kind of just like home that in. It's, um, I'm, I'm only 23, but half my life is spent. If you're not rich and healthy, you may as well be dead. Nobody, nobody tells you there's no room for the deceased collapsing beneath a world run by greed. You, you've taken everything. Why let me? Why let me be free? Struggling in si- silence, I can't be seen. Thousands to keep me from breathing. Zero to just let me die. And so I was like, "Yo, girl, <laughs> so that therapist appointment, uh, you missed it. Let's uh, schedule a new one." Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's like John, you're going to see the therapist at eight. Meredith, you're at eight thirty. So mm-hmm. uh, we're gonna we're gonna need you guys to be there. Yeah. It it's um of the the two songs like this this mm-hmm. one's my favorite one okay uh, just lyrically i think the the weight of it's a little bit more for me and okay. I, I i appreciated this one a little bit more and especially sandwiched in between new face and same loneliness and the next track suddenly everything changed i feel like it fits the record a little bit better in that regard that's fair and i feel like i'm able to appreciate it a little bit better in between these two tracks and i i think the other thing in um to kind because of, i can i can kind of understand your perspective is you listen to intoxication and while it very much still keeps that theme of the record that we have seen all the way through, um, and especially up to that point and looking at the back half, is when you kind of pull it and kind of look at it in a vacuum, is it's almost as if, while even though it's a slower, it's still a slower and kind of lighter song, is it feels like it doesn't hold that heavy weight that everything else does Mm -hmm. other kind of like the lyrics are kind of what keep it grounded in the record um, where this one is kind of thematically as well as in sound um, kind of matches it a little bit better. So I I can definitely agree with you in that regard. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then we jump into the final song. Suddenly everything changed and then suddenly everything changed. Dude, this, so, like straight up, when I was listening to this song, I listen to all my music on Apple Music. Mm-hmm. And Apple Music, what they do, unless I specifically tell it not to, is whenever I play an album, at the end of the album, it'll go ahead and jump to a different artist that's similar to this one to to show me new artists that are similar to the sound that I just just, just was listening to. Amazon Music did the same thing to me. I was listening to, I think it was actually for the Born of Osiris record. I was like, okay, I'm listening to it, and then all of a sudden I'm listening to it. I'm like. I was like, oh, Born of Osiris got heavy. And I looked, and I was like, this is not Born of Osiris. I 100% thought that this was not Victims. Like, 100% really? did not think it was Victims when it first started. <laughs> it just. <laughs> it's a roller coaster, dude. It is now, an absolute roller coaster. I, I, I do want to uh, add a little asterisk to that. I love this song. Yeah. This song is phenomenal. I freaking love this song. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I feel like. um. The the second track is number number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hostage is number two. This one or hostage is number three. This one's number two. Okay, easily. Okay, no, I okay. All right, bud, <laughs> but all right. So this one is again. This is just a, a roller coaster of a ride. We're kind of seeing a little bit of everything that we've seen throughout the record. Kind of just co- um, kind of culminate into this one. I don't even know what you'd call it, dude. Like so. 
we have the vocals come in with John's cleans before he begins to erupt with this ferocity. Mm-hmm. And it's again, it's just that punch to the face. And as you kind of referenced earlier, it's a bit of whiplash. And then suddenly we just get guitars and it just kind of like everything just chills out. And then the ending, we again just it's super heavy, really heavy. And then it's just like, Still heavy, but not as heavy. Yeah. Again, this is just where the roller coaster ride, you're getting whipped around, and you honestly, you don't know your directions anymore. It's that much just all over the place. Yeah. Um, on this one, I so I use uh, genius.com for most of my lyrics. Um, okay. Usually they have uh, things that are associated with the artists. Like mm-hmm. if they're talking about a specific song in an interview, it'll include information like that. Oh, okay. Um, other people who know information about the song can be verified and, uh, and, and showcase what that information is. So like, that's how I got the information about the cystic fibrosis. Oh, that's uh, awesome. For, okay. for the drummer Meredith. Um, so on this one, it said that the song features Cade Armstrong from last 10 seconds of life. Okay. I could not find anywhere else that indicated that, but if it did, then it was the last like couple stanzas of lyrics, mm-hmm. which I'm very hesitant to say is accurate or not because I've never heard Kay do clean vocals. Now, and to to preface this, I'm not a really big last ten seconds of life fan. It's right. just a band that I kind of know, and I know that they're just heavy for heavy sake. Mm-hmm. So I've never heard him do clean vocals, but it's potentially that he's on this. So I want to give him credit if that's the case. But if he's not on this, then I don't want to give him credit. Yeah, and I'll just leave it at that. So <laughs> and um and it's kind of funny you bring that up. Is and I think it might have been through, might have actually been through the victims website when I was flipping through. Unfor- the, um, I. I I want to kind of explain this. So have you ever been to the victims website? I did briefly peruse it. Yes. It's not super. Like I was trying to find the about set, just trying to find the about section, just flipping through. I couldn't find it. I had to go back into my Google search. Yep, and then, yeah. Um, so don't know if it was just like the coding of it got messed up, but um, that's, we're not here to talk about coding. Um, but as I was flipping through under the merch and I think I want to say it was like three quarters of the way down to the main page is it did have a couple links to a couple of YouTube videos and one of them, and it might've actually even been suddenly everything changed. Um, and it referenced a feature on the song. Hmm. And so I remember seeing that. And so at least looking at the, um, uh, at least seeing these on Amazon music is it's not showing all of the features that apparently there are on the record. If these are there, it are indeed additional features that we just, don't know about um so again if there are additional features um on the record hopefully we were able to give you the credit where credit is due if there were no um additional features and gabe and i are just a couple of um unprofessional people that uh just happen to do a podcast i deeply apologize yeah uh, so i i went on their website while you were talking there and i did mm-hmm. find it um it's for the new face same loneliness uh, which features Juan Gutierrez, and I have no idea who that is. <laughs> so there's things that we apparently don't know, and we're not sure about figuring out, so that's pretty cool. I'm trying to find it right now to figure out who it is. <laughs> you're good, dude. Uh, let's see. While you're doing that, um, because this you'll probably be able to cut it. I do want to look at something real quick over here on my son. On my son. Okay, I found out who it is. Sick dog. 
Okay. Yeah, so I found it. It's um, featuring Juan Gutierrez of A Friend, A Foe. Uh, I'm not personally familiar with them, mm-hmm. so I have no idea where he's singing in this song. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. Cool. And then... Yeah. Um, so that's it. Um, so that is the track by track breakdown for Victims Volume Four, Numb the Ache. Um, so what we like to do is on a scale of one to eight tentacles, we like to give our tentacle rating on the record. Um, honestly, Gabe, why don't you tell me what your uh, rating on this one is? I'm at a four out of eight on this one. Okay, it's middle of the road. It's as I mentioned in the beginning, it's kind of mediocre. It does have some good songs that are on it. It's not nearly as bad as the A Day to Remember record. It's absolutely not. <laughs> I would I would take this over the A Day to Remember A Day to Remember record any day any of the day. week. Yeah, it, it so that it has its good moments, but like as a whole, it just feel like it didn't really know what it wanted to be at times. Mm-hmm. As well as it just when it did know what it wanted to do, it didn't differentiate it enough to separate it from itself. Right. How about um, you? So here on my notes is I put it down as a six out of eight. Um, mm-hmm. I really like how heavy it is. I like the emotion behind it. It's just an angry record. And we get the the twists of it um, that allow to kind of keep it interesting. And it's definitely a record I do plan to come back to. Um, and again, with those kind of popular uh, R&B type songs is I'm like, how do these fit in the record? But it's weirdly enough they somehow just kind of like they were dropped in and they just worked mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and i want to clarify that i'm not saying that those songs don't work yeah. with it i just feel like it didn't really know what direction it wanted to go especially with those last few songs yeah that it just completely changed the record entirely it, it didn't sound like it was the same band anymore right um at least on the notes as i put it down as a six out of eight um, the more I kind of think about it is I think I'm going to sit it at a five. Okay. Um, it's definitely, and I think part of it because is the, you know, again, the, the statement I made earlier, consistently good, but not appealing. Um, so like I enjoyed listening to the record, um, but it's one of those records that I might have to take in kind of smaller doses, but it's also like the songs don't super differentiate themselves from each other. So, um, you know, there wasn't a song where I was just like, okay, this is absolutely the best song of the record. Mm-hmm. This is absolutely the worst. It's just kind of everything kind of fluctuated around kind of a middle ground that, um, you know, again, I, I'm not saying it was a, is a bad middle ground, but, um, I just wish there would have been a little bit of extra variety, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. But that is going to do it for our review of Volume 4, Numb the Ache by the band Victims. And uh, what we uh, move on to here is the end. Uh, what we move on to here is going to be the hidden track where Matt and I discuss something outside of the uh, of the album that we just discussed. So, Matt, what do you got for us today? So, today I've got two of them. Um, one of them I'm going to be able to talk a little bit more in-depth about. And then the other one I just kind of wanted to call out. Um, just I, I had actually um, recently listened to and I was actually pretty jazzed about. Um, so, the, the shorter bit that I have is actually the new song by the band Carnifex called Graveside Confessions. Um, looking here is the music video was released on July 22nd of 2021. Um, and it's the, uh, music video for the title track from the eighth album called Graveside Confessions, which is out September 3rd of this year. Um, 
might be a record we go and have to talk about here on the podcast. Um, I've definitely been a, a bit of a fan of Carnifex. Um, actually, unfortunately, one of my exes is one of the reasons I was introduced to him. And then uh, one of my old roommates is he was a pretty big Carnifex fan. So I was able to kind of indulge in them a little bit. The song sounded very much kind of like what I would expect, but I feel like what Carnifex is doing is they're really leaning into the black metal side. Mm. Um, and you actually, I, I, if I remember the song correctly, I've only listened to the song once, I, and it's a song I definitely do want to come back to, is Scott shows a little, some more of the black metal in his vocals, and I was really happy about that. I was like, I'm down for this. Okay. Um, so really excited about that. Um, now this one I am hyped about. So Rivers of Nile on July 27th released a new song titled Clean, which is going to be released on the record titled The Work, um, which will be coming out this year. I didn't grab a release date on that, but uh, Gabe, we need to talk about that one. I do like me some Rivers of Nile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to come over this table, dog. Um. So the cool thing about this is we see the familiarity to Where Owls Know My Name, which was their uh, last record. Um, but what we see is Where where Owls Know My Name um, had a, was a little bit of a faster tempo. We see things start slowing down um, a little bit more, but we still get the really riffy style and, and the riffs from the guys. Um, the, the song is very all over the place. It's... It reminds me a lot of the silent life off of where owls know my name, and then the uh, I believe the title is the forest of change, um, but it's uh, it's two different song titles together. So you see, is we get the really heavy stuff that Rivers of Nile has done, and then we get this break where everything just really slows down, and they're trying to just build this atmosphere, and then it comes back to the heavy stuff. So it's like the tail end of sil the silent life was kind of just slapped on. Um, so we pretty much take the front half of Silent Life, we take a bit from Force of Change, kind of sho shove it in the middle, and then take the back end of Silent Life, throw it on the end, and that's pretty much this song. But we just pull the tempo down a little bit. Um, and I think you may have listened to Where Owls Know My Name. Absolutely did not. I'm actually <laughs> sad. Uh, so where I'm, I'm, I'm going to preface this, Matt. I have never listened to Rivers of Nile. Are you serious, <laughs> I've dog? I've never listened to them. <laughs> So, Obviously, uh, we're going to change that, clearly. Yes. <laughs> um, so, and where I always know my name is, the big thing that was brought in to really kind of differentiate that from their older material was they brought saxophone in. It was brought into a couple of different songs. The dreaded saxophone. <laughs> the dreaded saxophone. The saxophone's gone. Instead, they've actually got synths this time, and it okay. actually kind of helps provide this... Um, almost eerie sound and it kind of build again builds into the atmosphere um and i definitely want to keep an eye out on some of the interviews and stuff that the band does but the records they have done up to this point are all related to seasons um so their first record i believe was spring summer was monarchy where i was know my name was fall and then this should be the winter record um so okay. thematically is it's going to follow that winter vibe so i'm going to see if that's still going to end up being the case but um i'm really excited for this record as that follow-up before i go into mine if this is number if this is winter what happens next they're out of seasons matt are they are they just done they're gonna go when they're. 
They're they're like it's springtime again. Spring volume two. <laughs> Alrighty. Um. So the I I also have a couple today that I want to bring up. Um. Just a, the couple quick ones that I I, I want to mention. Um, Sabaton released a new single called Kingdom Come, which also had a metal trilogy on it. Uh, that'll be coming up on their new record that'll be releasing at some point. Uh, I don't know honestly when they haven't given a release date as far as I'm aware for it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I enjoyed it. I liked Metal Trilogy a lot more than I liked Kingdom Come for it, but that's really just a personal thing. It seems like uh, Kingdom Come really is uh, uh, liked by folks. Okay. Uh, it seems like this one here, based off of uh, this single as well as uh, the previous one that they had released for it, uh, Defense of Moscow, it seems kind of like they're going a little bit more into almost like a marching kind of vibe. Um, Defense okay. of Moscow is obviously about Russians. Uh, yeah. Kingdom Come, based off of the art and the lyrics, it kind of seems like it's more medieval times, okay. which is cool because they haven't really ventured a lot into that realm before. Yeah. The closest they've come is they've talked about like samurais and, and things of that nature. But right. They, um, they never really adventured into medieval times, so I feel like that's cool uh, ground that they haven't really begun to cover yet. Uh, the other one that I wanted to mention uh, real quickly was the uh, Ginger uh, r- single that was released. I believe it was released today or yesterday. Uh, it was uh, as the, as of the time recording this. Uh, it's stupid heavy. Are you talking about Mediator? Yes. Ooh, I oh, I heard that man. one. I heard that one actually before I came over, and ooh, that's got yeah, that's just the, the stop. Go! I was because that was honestly because I remember listening and she did that. I'm all okay, Tatiana. I see you. I see you. No, and it's just groovy. The riffing in that in that song is unbelievable. I I love it. Honestly, I I have to give just mad props to that drummer. He just grooved like a madman. He writes the music as well. He's not just writing the drums. He's also writing the guitars. (laughs) Oh, dude's a stud. Yeah, so it it was phenomenal. I definitely recommend checking that out. Um, The big one that I really wanted to hit today, uh, it came out a little while ago, but it's the song Family by Bad Flower. Uh, Family. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dang it, Matt, you had to ruin that. (laughs) Who needs music when you have family? (laughs) You never turn your back on family. (laughs) You do that voice way too well. Um, so it, it is, uh, Wait till they do my Groot impression. Oh, I don't want it. So bad flower, they're kind of like an alternative, uh, yeah, I, I guess alternative rock is the best way to put them. Okay. Um, they kind of really just fall into that like anxiety ridden kind of rock. Like it's still radio friendly, but okay. it's like, it, it's, you, you hear the emotion really right. well into it. Um, so it's definitely an album that we're going to be covering. I believe it's coming out late September. Oh, sweet. Um, okay. But the the song itself released a couple weeks ago. We've just had such an onslaught of new music that we've had to try and keep on top of. And yeah. this one kind of fell through the cracks for me, unfortunately. But um, it's really good. Yeah. Um, I, I really recommend it. It's the song Family by Bad Flower. And um, I recommend checking out their older stuff as well. Uh, I discovered them when they released their first EP. And it's just really good rock music okay would be the best way to, to really put it and then like they just really bring in the emotion and um the the singer just really wears his heart on his sleeve in his songs mm-hmm. so I, I really just kind of wanted to to put them on the forefront with that no that's awesome yeah there's yeah there's a lot of music coming out right yeah, now and there there's still quite a bit coming out so we're gonna we're gonna try and do our best to stay on top of it but Get ready, y'all. Yeah, the, the the best way to to help us stay on top of it is by liking, rating, reviewing uh, us on iTunes, on Spotify, on 
Google Podcasts and on Amazon. Uh, the more and more we get of that and the more and more followers that we get, the lo- closer and closer we can get to doing this full time, which means that we can then put out more content, which would be super awesome. Yeah, you buddy. Can also find us on a variety of social medias. We are on YouTube. We are on Instagram. We are on TikTok. And we are on Facebook, all at TentacleBot. But we are not on Twitter. However, now I know we've said that Twitter is icky in the past. But I am willing to go on record as saying I will create a Twitter if people want to start beef with us. Because if they start beef, then that means bad publicity. And bad publicity is still publicity, meaning that we can get more followers, Matt. <laughs> I like, yes, publicity. Let's go. So if you're in a band and you have a good following and you want to start beef with us for beef's sake so we can both gain some followers, and by uh, both of us, I mean you gain all three of ours and we gain all three. <laughs> <laughs> Then hit us up at one of those other places so we can create a Twitter and start meet, start beef. <laughs> yep, and uh, and honestly, if you want to really seal the deal, like just tell us that you just put out a new record, and we'll just harp on it just to you know just to do it, and you know just to re- really seal the deal. And and as payment, we can um, send you beef jerky or something. Mm, that was a little too on flavor and i liked it <laughs> on flavor <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> so that's gonna be it for this <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys we, we it, it's it's late it's like 10 o'clock at night here and we're old men at this point we're yeah. devolving at this point we're gonna go ahead and go we will see you guys next time next uh next podcast we're gonna be covering the new times of grace album uh songs of separation and loss please be here to check it out it is not gonna be one you want to miss because i am so hyped to do this song record let's go so we will see you later catch you in the next one